Greetings and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin, Kali J. Hey, it's me. All right. And with us today, we've got a freaking guest. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, A return guest at that. Our guest today, uh, you've previously heard on our Diamantino episode last year, question mark, sometime. Oh, yeah. Um, They are (laughs) weird ass movie. Yeah. Weird ass queer ass. Our guest is an artist, a rocker, uh, plays in the band Truman and his trophy, also has self titled music, and that will be my pal, Frank O.K. Hello. What's up, Frankie? I'm stoked to be on here a second time, and I'm awaiting my certificate and jacket in the mail, so I'll just... <laughs> Hell yeah. My two-timer blazer. <laughs> Do you have feelings about being called Frankie? Uh, I honestly... Do I, you hate it? No, no, no. I, my family calls me Frankie because my dad is Frank, and my great my grandfather was Frank, and my great-grandfather was Frank. Whoa. So I was always Frankie, and sometimes Frankie the Frankie the Fourth, because um, I was the fourth. Oh hell yeah! And Frankie the Fourth. I often think so. I was like I very was very insistent on being called Frank my whole life, and I often think about how my life would be different if I were Frankie, and I feel like it's too late to implement it, and it's a little oh no, it's not a too qu- late. Queerier a name. <laughs> so Kali has a similar trajectory because uh, his mommy calls him Kali, and he would. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you grew up, Kali grew up uh, being like, no, Colin, do not call me Kali. That's disgusting. But then recently, <laughs> in the last year or so, has reclaimed it. And I'm now Kali it's Kali forever. Kali! Yeah. All right. Kali J, probably until I start law school. And I'll have to probably use my real name again a lot. With other people. But you'll always be Kali to me. Kali J will live on riding <laughs> on a, a steel motorcycle. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What's something bad? Can't use your legal name. Made on a of hawks. <laughs> hawks? It's made of hawks and a sn- one the snake. Birds? Yeah. Are we talking Mayor of Easttown? <laughs> it's like entirely assembled with What's steel the- hawks. What's- What's the mayor of Easttown? Oh. Everyone <laughs> talks about it. I see Frank's sh- talking about the motorcycle. Um, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Mayor of Easttown is some show set in Philly that has uh, the chick from Titanic in it. Kate that's Winslet. all I know about it. All right. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched a whole like improv comedy about it last night. So okay. it's on... <laughs> It's floating around in the old bean. That's the, mo- the most dork-ass sentence I've ever said. <laughs> yeah, that was... I watched anyway. an improv comedy on Twitch about Mayor of Easttown last night. <laughs> what movie did we watch this week? Gear shift, gear shift. No, we should talk about um, that it's Pride Month, baby. Oh, yeah. And me and Frank, at least, are both... Big ol' queer people. I'm a big ol' queer. Hell yeah. And we're actually both also non-binary kings and they thems. <laughs> Frank, you can speak for yourself. I am just telling everyone what your deal is. I no, I agree it's, or disagree. You're you're dead. You're dead on. <laughs> you're dead on. I'm a big ol' queer envy, and uh, and growing to feel great about it more and more every day, and. Yeah. Hell yeah, and that's the way to be. <laughs> I was a I was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer, but Oh, I love a late bloomer. Feeling good about it. 
Nothing makes me happier than seeing people I've known for a long time um, come into themselves, realize their queerness midlife or whatever. I don't know if you'd call 30s midlife, but, you know, later than teen anyway. It rocks. Never too late. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think. I mean, I always like knew I was. I was like Something. this. This third thing that everyone else seemed yeah. to not be, and uh, and and I feel like just the 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 social shift over the last ten years or so was like provided me with the like nomenclature to figure out what the fuck. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, also like my partner Lucianne, who's also was on the Under the Skin episode of your show, I think. Mm-hmm has like we've sort of like been very supportive in like exploring that and figuring out what that means for us so that's great that rocks yeah i feel the same way like um because i didn't also uh realize or like have the words for what was going on with me uh, until i was in my mid-20s but yeah it's like i think as soon as i had the words for it then i really did get like um life flashing before the eyes moments <laughs> i mm, think a lot mm-hmm. of queer people get this like, yeah. <laughs> where you're like think of like all these times like um i remember like being in sixth grade and telling my best friend like oh i like when i wear a watch because my arm looks like a boy like a boy's mm-hmm. arm mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like yo that's real yeah and being like it doesn't look like a boy on other girls but just on mine it does and i like that mm-hmm. you know or just like other shit like that, just like memories floating before your eyes to where I always felt different. I just didn't have the words for it. Totally. And it was like, I used to work at a music venue for a long time that was um, geared towards youth and young adults. And all the kids, I mean, they're way more up on this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And there were so many like non-binary or trans kids coming around and talking about what was going on with them. And I think that's what really brought the light to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Because of that, that's, you know, part of the reason why I always try and talk about this shit as much as possible, too, because it was other people talking about it that made me realize, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely learning to talk about it. I think it's something that I was, I mean, I think you know this about me is that I was just very, like, afraid to approach it. I, the interesting thing was I was really, it was easy for me to approach it with people I didn't know or was just meeting um, mm-hmm. But much harder for me to approach approach it with, like, the friends I've had for a long time. And still I'm, like, very on the fence with family. But, you know, like you said, I think the life flashing before your eyes, I, I had this... I remember reading about what non-binary was and reading about, like, the actual definition of queer. Like, what queer really means, you know, beyond mm-hmm. sort of, like, the common zeitgeist connotation of it. And I had this flashback of, like... Being like 12 or 13 and watching uh, But I'm a Cheerleader late at night on Encore and just being like also a queer awakening for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, what the this is incredible. And I remember thinking like in in similar to the to you, like showing your arms. I remember like listening to all of this um, music made by women that I really loved. And I just kept going like, why does not why does my voice not sound like this when I sing and like feeling like. This just sort of like longing for for this other side of something that I didn't really, I really just didn't have the tools to understand at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I'm a cheerleader is is just queer magic and and it's an incredible film and it holds up so well. I watched it not that long ago, uh, again after not having watched it for I don't know twenty years or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was expecting. I mean. 
a lot of queer films that are older, like pre-2000, even after 2000. You know, many things have not held up. Uh, many, yeah, <laughs> a lot least. of terminology is not the same as it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. But, but I'm a cheer- cheerleader. Um, I don't think I cringed even once. Like it was Hell just yeah. incredible and fun and whimsical. Just like I remembered it being. Yeah. And, and just like aesthetically gorgeous. I mean, I think it had a direct oh, yeah. influence on me becoming an artist in general. Sure. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was huge. And, um, the soundtrack like blew my mind and, I really loved this one song from this band called Dressy Bessie and like like that particular song was like a huge part of of that sort of experience of feeling different and being inspired by that movie and like mm-hmm. you know 30 years or 20 years later I like oh I'm now I'm name dropping I should I like know the people in that band and it just feels <laughs> really like fantastic to me No that's awesome and yeah. like just validating in a weird way and it's lovely. Yeah. That kicks ass. And Natasha Leone, I mean, her, as a straight woman, her impact on the queer community <laughs> yeah. uh, cannot be understated. <laughs> More than any other straight woman in history, I think. <laughs> I love that scene where they're presenting her with all of this evidence they have yeah. of like, well, here's vaginal paintings and you're a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And um, yeah, she's addicted to playing queer characters yeah no kidding love that for her <laughs> <laughs> yeah so being queer rocks um if you're queer uh let us know <laughs> <laughs> drop it in the comms yeah <laughs> comment below um <laughs> and that being said we should get into the semi-queer film that we picked for today mm-hmm. we picked the 2021 film together together i think i sort of picked this I gave you two and you tossed a coin. I tossed a coin. (laughs) So. (laughs) I went into it totally cold, too, for the the record. You didn't know anything about this at all? I didn't know who was in it. I just totally cold. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, So I had heard of this movie. Um, I'm a fan of Patty Harrison, who's one of the stars. um, And I knew, like, the basic premise or whatever. But other than that, I didn't know at the time going into it. I didn't know anyone besides the two main stars and, like, the general idea of it so anyway this should be tight (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i I really i really enjoyed it definitely some tears fell yeah yeah spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) sorry all right so um i'm gonna run through the cast so this was written and directed by nicole beckwith who has written another movie that is terrible but it's called (laughs) three generations okay don't watch it it's very problematic hell yeah (laughs) So we have starring Patty Harrison, who I mentioned. Um, she was in Shrill. She was also had a little cameo in A Simple Favor, which we did on Pod. We have Ed Helms, who I think mostly people know him from The Office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- so those are the two starring roles. There's a bunch of cameos in this of people I knew. Some comedians, Joe Firestone, Joe Firestone. Dignitaro. Yeah. <laughs> Dignitaro, Sufe Bradshaw from Veep, Julio Torres, who was in Shrill. Greta Teitelman, who was also in Shrill, and Anna Conkle from Pen15. Oh, Fred Melamed. Who's Fred Melamed? He's is that his the old dad. Guy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what's he in? Because I didn't oh, look it up. Oh, he's in, uh, I love him in everything he's in. Yeah. He's, he's basically the same in everything, but he's Pretty in a much. single 
uh, a serious man that coen brothers movie never saw it and he's in uh new girl as basically oh, the same yeah. character he's in new I girl for new a girl. while he's in yeah. uh he's great in it lady dynamite maria bamford's show he's one of those guys who's just kind of in a lot of stuff and he's he like great. pops up everywhere and he's yeah. a bald king, and I tell you what, <laughs> look, it, he's 65. If I look that cool when I'm 65 and that distinct, huh. doesn't he have a horseshoe? He has a horseshoe. I'll never you go gonna horseshoe. Grow out the horseshoe. I'll never mm. go horseshoe, but I, Come on. I, I like. Hey, I thought you were gonna do it. I thought you were gonna do a challenge till your wedding. That's... Did you give up? I st- no, I still have two days to decide if I'm going to do that. Well, why not start now? Because I still want to decide if I want to do it. Because <laughs> I don't wa- really want to do it. It's a bit that I'd have to really commit to for a month. <laughs> Ugh. It'd be and- good. You you wouldn't even grow that much hair in a month. Come on. No, you you don't have you don't shave my head. You don't know how much <laughs> how fast my hair grows. <laughs> My hair also grows really fast. Uh, <laughs> and it wouldn't grow right because I actually am like, my hair is thinning on top. So it'd grow very weird. <laughs> so you'd it... still get a little wispy on top? Yeah, it'd grow very mm. thick on my sides. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could commit to still shaving the top. <laughs> I could. It's, I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kali, tell us the critic scores. Rotten Tomatoes, we got 91%. Very Looking good. good. Cricket. We got 72%, and our Wild Babies Google users, 77%. All right, so not bad. Cross the board. Cross the board. Thumbs up. All right, so we can watch the trailer, and then we'll get into it. I'm just, I am a little nervous. I've thought a lot more about being a dad than I've thought about um, making conversation with the person carrying my baby. Right, well, I'm nervous, too to my sperm, to the donor's egg, and to your uterus. Cheers. Cheers. Mom, Dad, have some exciting news. I'm pregnant. I mean, the surrogate is pregnant. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm mad. I just don't have anyone that I really need to share the news with. Does that bother you, Matt? Hey, sorry. Hey, man. Bryce? So did you guys just do it, or? Matt! Oh, who is this guy? You can't do that. Who says who? Are you, like, her uncle or something? No, I'm not her uncle. I'm the father. Oh, my God, you're her father? No, I'm not her dad. What do you think? It is more than fine to have sex when you're pregnant. But, like, my baby is in there absorbing ejaculate. I use protection. Why are you doing this alone? Because I am alone. I'm in this chapter of my life that feels like it should be over, but it's not. It's just on a loop. It's weird to be perceived as hopeless in this moment when I'm actually incredibly hopeful. Why are you alone? I don't think being alone is a bad thing. So are you going to have the baby shower? (laughs) I just want to say thank you for doing this with me, and I also apologize for everyone I know. Is that what this is like? Like donating an organ? I don't know. I've never donated an organ before we should have better boundaries are we friends are we i think that if we are in order for this to work we shouldn't be i'd like to start class with a cleansing breath sometimes people just connect it's not about being attracted to one another so how many friends in their 20s do you have i don't know 
at some point you will give birth to a child and then what happens? Just because you're not like together together doesn't mean that you haven't created a bond. But I'm really worried that you're probably making a little straight white guy in there. That's the whole plan. I'm gonna... Oh, I just, I just gave him a podcast. <sighs> that trailer sucked. I'm sorry. That feel, yeah. That felt cringy as hell to me. They took all the cringiest parts of the movie and put them into the trailer. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't work. And it, this movie didn't work for me either. I didn't yeah. have a great time. I think I have complicated feelings about yeah. this movie. Yeah. There's some good. There's some bad. I think the the more that I've sat on it, and I did talk about this with an, another friend earlier, the more I do that and ruminate on it, I think a little bit the less I like it. <laughs> mm, yeah. But I did enjoy my viewing experience. So Hell yeah. And I do think that there are still positive things about this film either way. I think this movie is is fine. I I really like have no ill will towards it. Nothing that happened was <laughs> You don't wish the movie bad. No, I <laughs> it reminded me of a, a quote from a, a movie I love uh, Gangs of New York. Bill the Butcher played by Daniel Day-Lewis, is talking to some guy, and he says, like, yeah, you're neither cold nor hot, so because you are lukewarm, I'll spew, I, like, I spew you out of my mouth. And he, he says that line very poetically, and it's always stuck with me. And that's what this movie felt reminded me of, is just like, man, I feel like I've seen this movie five or six times before. I feel like... So? Mm. Obviously, these are not interchangeable, but, like, between Juno, Knocked Up, Obvious Child, Baby Mama, Away We Go, like... I was mm. like, I feel like every line I've heard is from a, a different movie. Mm. And I don't blame, like, Ed Helms and, and Patty Harrison are, are fine. They're, and that's why I mean, like, I have nothing really against this movie, but I just... You just didn't I, think there was anything special about it. No, I was just, mm-hmm. I didn't particularly, I was, I felt unchanged. Yeah. I also felt like, hmm, I was wondering if, so I feel like this film is written from, like, a woman's perspective, a queer person's perspective, and I think it kind of centers on both of those viewpoints. And I did wonder if just like maybe men would enjoy this less mm. because of that. Like remember sure. when we talked about Booksmart? Yeah. And I don't know. That's just a theory. But uh, I did recommend this movie last night also to a um, straight man who also didn't like it <laughs> who also said this was like knocked up but not funny <laughs> yeah i i just so. <laughs> and i really love patty harrison and I, that's the thing is like mm-hmm. i associate patty harrison with like fucking insane chaotic yeah mm-hmm. hilarious humor and i feel like a little bit of her humor did make it in just not a little couple sprinkles mm-hmm. i i don't know i don't remember any any anything that like I, you know, I, like, I smiled at the heartwarming moments. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Very good. I would, in real life, I would wish the same uh, situation, people in the same situation, uh, a goodwill as well. But, uh, yeah. But you didn't care. I didn't really care. And also, I don't know, Ed Helms, I don't know. You don't know about that guy? I don't know. I, I think I'm just, <laughs> I think bitter and I don't want to be a sourpuss, you know? <laughs> So you're trying to hold your tongue. I'm trying to hold my tongue because I really don't have anything specific. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, maybe um, as we go through it, yeah. stuff will come up. Yeah, yeah, Frank, are you familiar with Patty Harrison at all? Uh, a little bit. Um, not, okay. uh, not, not much. Okay. That's cool. I just didn't know because, like, me and Colin are bringing her up a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. I, whatever. We love her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we can go through the movie. I have... My notes are kind of not exactly chronological, but they're more, like, subject headlined or whatever. <laughs> So anyway, we'll go through it. It'll make sense. Okay, so we are set in California. This is a movie about Ed Helms trying to find a surrogate to have a baby as a single dad. And so at the opening, he's interviewing, I guess you would say potential surrogates, although we only see the interview with Patty, who ends up being the surrogate. And he's asking her really invasive questions at the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did like the... uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she turns it back around on him. (laughs) I thought that was funny. And, uh, you know, it's not addressed enough, like how often you get put in situations where people are allowed to ask you a bunch of invasive questions and you're not allowed to ask the questions Mm -hmm. back. (laughs) I mean, yeah, job interviews. The whole job hunting process is just such a perverted switch of power yeah or like applying for houses or like landlord scenarios Ugh. yeah i'm sure there's other things like that but yeah those are two big ones that definitely come to mind um and it's only like just recently starting to be like really talked about how messed up that is Mm -hmm. i think so i thought that was kind of a cool little nod to that discourse god i hate these sentences i'm coming out with today At this point, I've probably cut the other two cringe sentences I said. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing fine. You're doing fine. We're good. We're good. Okay. So, yeah, that was funny. I just have a little character describing blurbs on Patty because we just kind of the first maybe like 20 minutes or something is all just like character set up pretty much. Mm -hmm. So Patty's like a 26 year old woman works at a coffee shop with Julio Torres from Shrill who have either of y'all seen Shrill season two? Not yet. Mm -mm. Um, Well, he plays the same character in that show. (laughs) (laughs) The same exact character. He's just like somebody's like sassy, judgy, gay coworker. Um, I don't know if I love that that trope made it in (laughs) yeah 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 i feel like it's like this sort of remnant from the 90s that people are just like well that's fine still and it 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 feels so one-dimensional and like i found his quips like pretty funny but it like the it's the trope itself that just feels like tired and a little like a little dusty potentially damaging yeah. Yeah, I think throughout the movie there were maybe like three or four jokes or whatever. I don't know if you would call it a trope a joke, but uh that were just a little dusty and outdated and that was one of them for me. Sure. Also should mention, I guess, for anyone who doesn't know, one of the main I guess queer aspects of this movie is that Patty Harrison, the actress herself, is a trans woman. And so in this movie, she's playing a cis woman who is able to conceive a child and does conceive a child uh, and birth one. So obviously her transness is not addressed in the film, but just the casting of it all is kind of groundbreaking, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I have a little bit of complicated feelings about the casting. At first, I thought it was sick. Like, sick in a good way. (laughs) Sick and twisted. (laughs) Not sick and twisted. It was sick and badass. Um, (laughs) 
But because, yeah, like, obviously trans women are women. They should be cast in cis roles. They shouldn't have to have their transness addressed, mm-hmm. etc. However, I watched Nicole Beckwith's other movie that she wrote, Three Generations, which I mentioned is bad and problematic. I watched that one earlier just mm-hmm. to have, like, context for her writing style. And so Three Generations is about a a boy who's trans, who's going through transition. But it's played by Elle Fanning, who is a cis woman, plays a trans man in this movie. And at first I was like, maybe this is just like this director doing like reparations for like, (laughs) okay, I cast a cis person in a trans role before. I'm better now. Look, I'm casting a trans woman in a cis role now. Like, see what I've learned. Um, So at first I was kind of seeing it like that and I was like, okay, so maybe she's like trying to be better or whatever. But that movie, Three Generations, first of all, it's problematic in every possible way. Hell yeah. (laughs) But um, it's very bad. They do focus on the, the transition of this trans man. All the conversation around it almost entirely focuses on like the physical anatomy aspects of transition, which obviously not all trans people choose to even do. Mm-hmm. The movie it talks constantly about like, oh, my daughter's gonna get a penis or like whatever. Oh yeah. Or even the trans boy in the movie one at one point says like, hey, I'm a boy with tits, like I can do whatever. So it's oh, like they man. just focus. Oh, yeah, boy. it's really bad. Um, <sighs> but they focus on like the physical anatomy of it all a lot, and mm. I think by casting a trans woman in a role. That's not only a cis woman's role, but specifically a cis woman needing to give birth. Yeah. I think she's again put the focus on the physical anatomy aspect of transness. Yeah. Weirdly. Man, and... I hate context sometimes because <laughs> I, I, I really I really love this movie earlier today and now I'm I'm feeling iffier about it like i still had a great time but now i feel a little oh man this is what i'm telling you like i enjoyed it when i watched it but the more and more i learn about it or talk about it or whatever get more context uh i'm just liking it less (laughs) and that certainly had like yeah. yeah a big part of it that yeah in a way it still kind of feels like exploitative of transness Mm -hmm. and as a result of casting patty in this role that where she has to specifically give birth and that's like groundbreaking or whatever then now she i mean she hasn't said anything about this really i don't think but like i watch every interview she's doing for this movie people are like so you're trans like tell me about trans you know like it's got to be awkward for her too yeah sure so i don't know i don't know how i feel about that if it was just I don't know, a regular cis role that that anatomy didn't need to be addressed in, like that might feel better. I'm not I'm just not really sure, but that's kind of where I'm at thinking about that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. It definitely I mean, is complicated. I I think that like there's an awkwardness and I, I think this is actually something that I liked about it and having this context does make me feel differently about it. But mm-hmm. there's this feeling I got in the first quarter of the movie and I don't I don't want to get ahead of the show or anything, but there seemed to be, like, this dynamic where Ed Helms was really trying to, like, control the situation while also, like, 
attempting to be respectful, but not really knowing what that meant and attempting mm-hmm. to do what he thought was right and do what he thought was courteous and caring and, and not overbearing. And I think it to me, it really felt like this dynamic that we're sort of in right now where there is like a movement of people who are like, you know, the way things are going has been really fucked up. And the dynamic between the the, the gender binary in particular is like, weird and like men are in this place where they're like oh i can't say anything to anybody or i'm gonna get me too and like i feel mm-hmm. like there <laughs> this movie displays that awkwardness of this transitional time that we're in yeah that that like spoke to me and especially in the way that this platonic relationship like evolves in the in the movie absolutely yeah i can see that i think um the director kind of talked about wanting to write um, Ed Helms' character as, this is only, I don't know, slant related to what you were saying, mm-hmm. but wanted to write Ed Helms' character as more of like a, a sweet, caring man. I mean, he does, he is kind of controlling ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And has trouble with boundaries, but she really tried to um, write representation of a different type of masculinity mm-hmm. uh, in this movie and write a, a different, like, softer kind of man representation, mm-hmm. which I think she was more or less successful in. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, to a degree, this is this is me, baby. This is like... You a soft boy? Yeah, well, like, I'm polite, the only place where I will ever try to be uh, intimidating or come off as aggressive is... Is when at, we're at the gym, baby! Is literally, yes, at the gymnasium. Gains, gains, gains. It's the only time... Working on our games I and guns. I am willing to, because if you look at me at the gym, I will fucking mean mug you. I don't <laughs> like people around me at the gym. I got a lot of gym gripes. Anyway, oh, yeah? it doesn't matter. Kali's gym corner. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But at any rate, yeah, this... Uh, you know, he is ulti- he's trying to take care of her, which you don't see men doing a lot yeah. in film. Yeah. He's a, ca- a, he's not a male doing it in well, a caring role. But he's trying. <laughs> it's it's a role that tech- that I inhibit uh, inhabit rather uh-huh. at this shelter. And so I've got this like caring role and so I see a lot of men in care not a lot actually, but like I see other men in caring positions. And so I do see not to boast, like I'm I feel like I'm I roll fairly well with I don't know, as, as things change, as things progress, you know, kind of referencing back to uh, what you were talking about, Frank, with, you know, men being on this spectrum of like, well, what, you know, what can I say? Is it going to get me me too or am I canceled or am I good to say it? Yeah. Can't say anything these days. I, hey. I, I know. And, and just being <laughs> able to, in, you know, handle that and basically understand what that means is okay like what... Ed Helms doesn't get me too'd once in this movie. No, 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 but because he is <laughs> trying so hard. He reminds me of, of a lot of guys I work with who I would say stopped saying the R slur like a year two years ago. Mm. Uh, maybe more. And they're just like they're trying their hardest, darn it. And they're like they're yeah. trying to not step on anyone's toes. Because they do want to be nice, but they know that there are toes to step on. But ultimately, they're just kind of affable dopes, you know? And yeah. that's fine. I think there's definitely yeah. space for people to be flawed. I mean, it's it's inherent. And I think, like, yeah. 
the flaws of his character trying to be controlling, like, they evolve, and he does learn, but, like, the flaws in his character do persist, and that is, I think, super realistic. And I think that yeah. the the softness of his character, I see that in a lot of people I know. Def- certainly not everyone I know, but, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. something that is, you know, totally you know, just a one-off person who's who's actually decent when they're a man. Like, it's, it, it is quality, it is a quality that people yeah. <laughs> have. And I feel like, like, whether or not it was executed in a, in a perfect way, I think it's just not something I see often. It's not something that, yeah, yeah. like, where I'm like, yeah. okay, like, this is a man who, when I identified as a man, like, I can feel where where this character is coming from in that way. And it's not, you know, it doesn't have this, like, this aggressive version of masculinity. I mean, there is this weird paternal, I guess literally paternal, but, like, <laughs> there's this paternal view I think he has of Patty in the movie that evolves into something that's, like, way more we're on the same level, we're good friends. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I it, it, it made me yeah. feel very comfortable. I felt... Yeah. I felt validated by it. You didn't feel threatened yeah, by his energy. I felt kind of validated by it, um, but also like kind of upset that I don't see it more in, in the world. Yeah, I think there were, when, when we go through it, I mean, I think there are a couple things about this movie that I don't see very often, and ultimately those are the things I sure. respect about this movie, um, and that's probably one of them. So just to like kind of finish out or flesh out the rest of Ed Helms' character. So yeah, he's in his mid-40s. He wants to be a dad. Um, his job is that he invented a hilarious app one time. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and now he's going to have Hell a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that app, that, that was funny. Y'all think that was funny? No. So it's called I was, Loner. <laughs> I, was literally, I was literally like, after it happened, I was like, I hope this is real. <laughs> It's called Loner, and it's for people who just want to swipe people, but there's no, there's never any like consequence. You don't, there's no matching. There's no anything else. You're just literally yeah. swiping through people's faces and profiles all day because he wanted to swipe through people, but didn't want to hurt yeah. anyone's feelings. That's his character. So. <laughs> I mean, they did a good job of encapsulating oh that, in that app. I just thought that app is like. I thought the app was really funny, and I think it's kind of underplayed to where, like, if you don't think about it, the humor of mm-hmm. it can totally just go over your head, you know? So, yeah, Patty's going to be a surrogate mom. The film does kind of explore the different types of, like, social and familial stigma that they each experience as a result of their non-traditional choices. And living non-traditionally is canonically queer. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so like him being in his mid-40s and wanting to be a single dad uh, just because, and her just being willing to get pregnant and have a baby for someone else has had different reactions on their, or different effects on their social and, and familial lives. So like with Ed, no one is happy for him. <laughs> yeah. When he's telling his family and his friends, everyone's just like, okay, I don't get it. Like, what's go? Pass the bread. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're so underwhelmed, and he's so excited. And with Patty, I did like this about Patty's story, that um, she is kind of excommunicated from her family. She had to make the choice to break up with her family. Yeah. Making the choice to break up with your family, uh, also canonically queer. <laughs> 
and I think is something we still don't see a lot of in film or anywhere. Yeah, and letting it just be and not like, you know, there doesn't have to be some sort of reconciliation where everyone understands and Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally feel that. I loved that about this movie. I famously made the choice to break up with my family and my life years ago for my own health. And yeah, you just don't see the representation. And I think not having that representation and making people think that they need to keep their toxic families around is really harmful to a lot of people mentally and emotionally. Yeah, <laughs> for need sure. need to break up with their families. <laughs> I Yeah, I... I, I can't say I have had that experience, but I know people who sure. have, and it is very real. Like, Yeah, and I liked even just like all the conversation they had around it. Um, I really enjoyed, feels like a weird word to say, <laughs> yeah. due to no, the I mean, subject totally, matter, though. but like, was... <laughs> I just think they did it really well. Yeah, I think it was handled very well. Yeah. It informed her character very well. It just kind of played into this, you know, she's kind of a loner and she's, still, she's kind of a, trying to establish herself. Yeah. That's why I think this movie has credit. And that's why I don't, I'm not, I'm not going off and ranting about like, oh, that was so obnoxious or oh, I thought that was cringe or because that doesn't matter because I I think this film makes sense for now. It it is very of 2021. There are, are millions of people right now who are in incredibly similar situations as Patty's character. They're working whatever job to get by and then realizing that job fucking sucks and quitting and then just trying to find just throwing you know throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks yeah and she found a way to because her dream was to go to this school in vermont to get a an accelerated degree yeah and masters even and having this baby for her is going to pay for that yeah so that's going to make her dream happen funding herself yeah yeah it's great. It makes sense. It comes full circle. Yeah. So we kind of touched on this, but there's a lot of boundary issues in this movie. <laughs> I feel like they bring up <laughs> yeah. boundaries. They talk about the concept of boundaries, but they never actually like set or enforce any boundaries. <laughs> yeah, it never gets there. I, I, that was something I, I felt we- really weird about as well. That kind of drove me nuts. I like that. <laughs> We, we, in, in my family, we call that uh, we call that an Irish promise. You know, you say you're just fam- an Irish promise is famously just a lie, which is something Irish people love to do. Uh, in so many ways, it's like it's realistic, though. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. I haven't had a family breakup, but family is much uh, more distant as a result of of queer boy, mm-hmm. and like. You know, there is, like, this sense of boundary that I have repeatedly tried to establish with my own family, and it just doesn't, it doesn't come around. The, the questions that I've been asking to stop and the comments that I've been asking to stop, they don't stop. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, like, in that way, like, as this middle-aged man who, who is, is trying his best, like, you know, not that his best is, is good enough in the grander sense, but... Like it does, it does feel real. It did like up make me a little like it bothered me that that was the case. But I always try to like remind myself what part of this movie is a lesson, and like not just this movie, but anyway, like is this a lesson, or is is this something that is you know are they displaying what it should be, or are they displaying how it is? 
And yeah, so I, I, I feel like in the middle of that, you know, just thinking about it now, really. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like this movie is so queer in so many ways and boundaries Uh, And boundary talk and boundary enforcement, I think, is canonically queer. (laughs) And uh, to have. I love canonically queer. You like that? That warms my heart. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Um, Title of Ep. Um, But yeah, so then to, to have them exist but not be enforced or have any effect on (laughs) anything to just have like the discussion about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that drove me a little nuts, but that is a good way to look at it actually. And so I think ultimately I'm wrong and you're right. I don't think that is the case at all. I, I think, I just it's think just, you have a really good point of view on that. <laughs> it's just, um, I, you know, there was this thing. I, can I? I don't want to get too off topic, but did you guys see mid nineties? No, I haven't. I weirdly was just talking about this with somebody else. Um, I I didn't see it, but uh, I went to. So there is a, a lot of like supremely problematic language in that movie. Sure. I'm sure there is, and <laughs> and like I, you know. I got a little upset about it in a way, and I I think that I the way that I sort of kept myself in check, I was like, I was once living as a BOI boy in middle school with skateboarders saying the worst shit. And like it's it's real in that way. It sucks. Like is not pretty, is not good. I don't like it, but like it does it like it. It felt like my own life in that way. And the things that in my own life, I'm like, I'm not proud of and I don't feel great about, but it, it, it did feel real. Um, yeah. So I think that like is a mentality that I've been taking with stuff made in the last 10, 15 years. Just, you know, like, is this a portrait or is it a moral? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have, I, I think maybe my, my take with depiction of anything, you know, problematic is always just what's the context? What's the intent behind it? If it's yeah. oh yeah, of course. Yeah, if, yeah. if you are painting a picture of teenagers in the mid nineties, yeah, those are gonna be some of just like you're gonna get some f slurs cr- in there. The cruelest kids <laughs> ever. Oh, yeah. Just cruel yeah. and like that's okay. That's okay. I, I at least in my because eyes. it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I feel the same way. I think yeah. authenticity is very important. Uh, it is something that should always be top priority in anything art-wise. Yeah. Dude, I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely on the same page as both of y'all. Yeah, there has to be intent behind it. And if the intent is towards authenticity, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't love to, you know, hear some of the uh, language or whatever that was used in those times either. But if it's authentic to the character, then I get it and I deal with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think it need. I think maybe not us, or you know, in some cases, not queer people, or you know, many allies. But I do think like it is important for people who are learning what is you know what is problematic and what is what respect is and what what queer people and I mean any marginalized people like are trying to express to people is like look at how bad this was look at how bad this is mm-hmm. like yeah. this is this is what it this is what it's like and this is what you are uh, uh, what i guess in a lot of ways we all are being a part of and we need to figure it out cuz look how bad that is look how bad that sounds look how bad that feels yeah and like i mean we all grew up 
in times when yeah all that stuff was just normal and how hard i cringe now yeah oh my oh my god it's insane i'm so glad i wasn't on tiktok when i was a middle oh i would be fucked yeah uh yeah dot 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 from all of us yeah. a round of yeah dot 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh looking off into the distance yeah and we can keep this moving <laughs> okay I hope I didn't derail it. No, I think ultimately, although we are not exactly talking about this movie anymore, uh, I think we're having a really good discussion. And I think it's something that's good for other people to hear, too. So that's all you want out of a podcast. (laughs) So, um, okay, what were we talking about? Boundaries. Boundaries. Um, He gets really weird about her fucking... He asks her to move in. (laughs) He won't stop harassing her and bringing her stuff constantly, even though she has said she doesn't want anyone to know that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Actually, so much of the tension in the movie comes from her not wanting anybody to know that she's pregnant, which is kind of cheap, I think. Uh, Why? Why try try so hard? Look, if you're getting, what, 30 grand total? Look, yeah, you're pulling in 30K... It's good money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but she's already well, spent especially it. Especially if you're trying to, trying to go to school. I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, well, it's better money if you're not trying to go to school. It is. Yes, it really is. Good point. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What is that, like one year of school? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Clouds of depression have gone over. <laughs> I'll tell you about it after the pod. <laughs> Anyway, suffice to say, he's just not kind of keeping any boundary and he wants to have a say in every single aspect of her life and what she's eating and what she's doing at all times of day, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but they go to therapy. <laughs> Always fixes With, everything. I, okay, yeah. and their therapist is Tig Notaro. Yeah. Yes. And I screamed. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Tig! <laughs> Yes, I did not know that Tig was in this. Hell yeah. So that was great. She also was like, had weirdly like a really good therapist like voice or whatever. She had like a really soothing presence. <laughs> she played it well. Everyone played yeah. their roles very well. Tig Notaro. Yeah. Tig Notaro is one wig away from being exactly like my therapist. Looking and sounding oh, yeah. exactly <laughs> like my therapist. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Ultimately, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> well, I am here to listen to what you have to say. It's a voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, it's... it's. Well, yeah. she definitely had the voice, but she didn't really seem much like a therapist. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. It was all like, well, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think you should do? You yeah. know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, she ultimately yeah. wasn't giving, like, any actual advice or anything. She was just sort of a, a complaint repository. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I, I know many, many therapists, and I am often mistaken for a therapist, uh, and I am not. Colin is a social worker. Yeah, I just, I don't have a degree, and I don't do counseling, but... You have a degree, but not in therapy. I don't have, yeah, I don't have a master's. I don't have an advanced degree. But the point is... Most of therapy is just reflecting feelings back. Yeah. 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 Totally. What Tig Tig was doing was basically just like, Tig was probably just like, what would a therapist say? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I I wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, Tig, you're going to be a therapist. 
Yeah. That's a very easy like improv. The three to get of them, into. they could definitely improv together. Yeah. 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 I love seeing two. I was kind of yeah, for sure. I was kind of ultimately confused by <laughs> all of the therapy because not only do they have one on one therapy or two on one, whatever, with Tig, but they also each individually are going to like support groups or like slash group therapy or whatever about being pregnant. I <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I was kind of confused about all the therapy. Movies, What's going on movies here? Movies always portray. They love to show group therapy. Well, in I movies. It was weird because usually it's for like parenting groups, which are a real thing. There's one that meets in in the park by my house because it's like group of six moms. Yeah, I was about to say, how many people are in that group? Yeah, six. <laughs> There's one group in your city that has six people going to it. I feel like. Just the whole support group notion in film is so overused versus like how popular it is in actual life. I tell you what, as someone who's gone to AA meetings, uh, those Mm -hmm. are regular. AA meetings anywhere, you can find those. Like you can go to any city and you can find one. Guarantee there will be one like. There's one happening directly next to me right now. Yeah. So the next next storefront over. Yeah. Yeah. AA at least like that makes more sense than like I'm pregnant support group or like I'm not even I'm a man and I'm going to have a baby. That's an unusually specific one. Support group, like yes, <laughs> but no, that I feel like they do. But they attend individually too. Like he went to his and was like, "Oh, I was the only single person there. It was weird. Like why couldn't she have just gone with him then?" Like none of the the group therapy thing. It just didn't really like make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why is she going to therapy anyway? They really shouldn't even be like having much interaction with each other ultimately. I think anyway, but now he's like what is he like making her go to group therapy? That's weird. Yeah. The whole po- the whole point <laughs> is he's he he bad boundary boy. That is true. Yeah. And I think uh just as like a film device or whatever, it's ultimately just kind of like a cheap way to get a lot of like exposition in about whatever's going on with them it's very tell and not show which i we've talked about yeah yeah yeah. we don't love we don't love the concept yeah (laughs) so yeah the group therapy thing kind of threw me off also in her other movie that i mentioned three generations they didn't show it but there was a support group okay and that i I don't don't care if films have support groups (laughs) it's fine okay next greta Titleman being the salesperson at the baby stuff store. Oh what yeah, <laughs> Crib Town. Crib Town. Oh, was, I didn't see that. Cribs. Was it called Crib Town? Well, I don't know. No, I just that's, oh, just that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> that's what Frank's calling it. <laughs> it's just kind of a short scene, but I just thought it was cool how they kind of just quickly and neatly address the like gender double standards between like when Greta thinks that. Patty is going to be a single mom. She's like, oh. But when she thinks Ed's going to be a single dad, she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And they just quickly addressed that, and I just thought that was a cool little sprinkle. It was nice. Yeah, I, <laughs> I gave one of those mm, noises when that happened. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thank you for recreating the noise for the pod. Yeah, we appreciate no it. <laughs> you, you like it? I'll do it again. Uh. <laughs> incredible 
So there, let's see, what's after this? There's a small weird scene of like Patty making Ed Helms use a tampon. I, <laughs> demonstrate how to... <laughs> I was like, all right. Was, sure. Why did that happen? I, I feel, again, I just feel like I'd seen that. Like Juno, not Juno. Why would that happen in Instant Family or something? Didn't see that though. So I can't complain. My complaint is invalid. So you're saying you feel like you've seen that, but also can't name a single thing you've seen it Bingo. In. Okay. <laughs> like, Ed Helms is a cultural figure where I think, like, often he is cast as Ed Helms. Yeah. And I do think he is fully and, and wonderfully, in a lot of cases, capable of playing a unique and original character. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just one of these spots in the movie where I was like, okay, well, this is Ed Helms playing Ed Helms. Like... It felt awkward in a like almost like it like a Saturday Night Live skit or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I feel like I'm watching The Office at some point. It's him, you know. I'm not seeing a yeah. different character. I'm seeing totally. Ed Helms. Yeah, yeah. I can see that probably a couple times in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, in a lot of ways that's our just the way we take in so oh. much like pop culture, and he totally. he in- inhabits a lot of it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's something that it's it's weird because, like, of course, no one wants that to be the case in their movie unless it's like a fourth wall thing. But, you know, I think that's just like one of the, the sins of the way that we consume media now is that we can't totally separate an actor. Totally. unless You know, they're blowing our mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For this film, though, probably specifically the casting of Ed Helms. I think was probably one of the main selling points for the feature production. He is he's um, a steady Eddie, you know? Yeah, and like he's what's gonna bring in all the normie viewers That's what, who yeah. like wouldn't normally like seek out just independent film or any of the other actors. He's the most mainstream. So probably I have to think just having him be him, what what a normie viewer would expect from him ultimately helps sell the film although we hate to think of film that way (laughs) no it does absolutely ed helms is a big name to anchor and get media pieces out that is what has to happen like that's the landscape of film Mm -hmm. so yeah it is what it is so next is the baby shower a lot of people show up to this baby shower for yeah, how few friends that we see Ed Helms having at any other point in the movie. I never, We never see him talk to a single other person in the movie besides Patty no. outside yeah. of this baby shower, right? Except a brief moment with Jules, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it to an extent. Like, my <laughs> mom is inviting a ton of people to my what? Not a ton, but like, you know enough a significant chunk of people to my wedding that like i know because they're her friends but they're not Mm -hmm. really any they're not significant to me so i literally don't see them because they're just my mom's friends but they're they're at a big event for me or something it happens yeah we had i had a wedding shower that like my mom i didn't even we didn't even want to do it i hope my mom doesn't listen i doubt that'll ever happen but (laughs) yeah (laughs) um we didn't invite a single person because we didn't plan to have it my mom was just like i'm throwing you a shot i mean i know that's not what happened in the movie i it's but um i i i know where where you're coming from with that like it is where like sort of these people on on the outskirts of your life sort of come out of the out of the woodwork. Definitely for the big events. For the for big the baby event, yeah. for the wedding. For like yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> you don't ever see him ever again. Maybe for the funeral. <laughs> no. I mean, also, I'm don't wondering how me. much of that. <laughs> I'm also curious just, you know, what amount of that aspect of the movie may have been written for production during COVID. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I, I was, like, very aware of the exteriors because I noticed how there were very few exteriors, and the ones that they did have where there may have been, like, live sidewalk and not, like, extras, mm-hmm. um, the depth of field was incredibly shallow. And I... You know, you could see people walking by in the background and like clearly the bottoms of their faces are a little not the color of their the rest of their faces. They're probably wearing a mask. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it's something that I've been considering in seeing 2021 films. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that at all, but um, I do remember like when you're saying all the shots are, are super tight. That does seem accurate. Like I, I am trying, like racking my brain, and yeah, there aren't really any um, longer shots, and that does make sense. Like you don't want to immortalize masks in your film because that would mm-hmm. super date yeah. anything that you're doing. Yeah, I didn't really think about the COVID aspects, but uh, you're totally right, and that maybe also has something to do with why we never see him having friends. Just like wanting to keep a smaller production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have this friend who's working on um, a production of a thing. I can't. I don't want to like say anything else about it. But uh-huh. you're wrapped up in NDAs about this. <laughs> yeah, he was telling. He's someone that you know, uh, Kayla. Um, but oh. he was telling me that uh, they on set have a number of people called uh, COVID compliance officers, CCOs. Mm. Yeah, and. They're basically in charge of making sure there aren't too many people in a room. Everyone's wearing a mask, like all of this wild stuff. So I I can imagine that in casting, especially when this movie would have been in production, like yeah. it, it must have been pretty interesting. So I don't know. It's it's one of those like context things that kind of fucks it all up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Also at this baby shower, we have the classic gag of grandparents picking out their grandparent names. That does happen, yeah. I think that's kind of a dusty joke. It is. My it is weird though. Like my mom goes with a uh, Moma. Do you? Moma. Does your your no. mom a grandma? My mom, yeah. You don't have kids. No. Your brother doesn't my have. My brother kids. has a child. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My brother. I'm gonna. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he's nine. Turns ten this year. Damn, I didn't know. Yeah. So what did you say your mom goes by? Moma. This is what she fucking picked nine years ago. And I was like... Like the art museum. Yep, exactly like that. She was like, I I hope you are taking, or at least like things are collecting in your brain, Kayla, about my mom. And they all just come together (laughs) because she is such a like nice, but just, and I love her, but she's just boring. She's very just uh-huh. like basic as fuck. Yeah, she's your baseline for what a normie is. Exactly. We've talked about and this. she yeah. and like that is the level she's operating at. Is like I like this art museum, MoMA, and that sounds like grandma, and that's me now. It's just like uh, all right, it's sure. And everyone, Frank, do you have any weird grandparent names? No, uh, they're all they're all just pretty grandma, standard. Gram Gramp. Is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty as weird as it gets. My, uh, I have a stepsister um, who has three children, and my mother goes by Gma, and my stepfather goes by Gpa, uh, which I, I've heard I that, don't yeah. care for. I, don't, I, I, I hate that, but I've heard that. Yeah, I go by Gma. 
on occasion, but I am also well, not an actual grandparent. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's very different. It's that is uh, entirely entirely different. I do have um I have some weird grandparent names. Well, like on my mom's side, it's always just grandma and grandpa. On my dad's side, I had Mima and Pappy. But I think that's more. It might be like a southern thing because I think Mima is definitely a southern thing. Pappy also feels southern. The, that side of the family is all from the south. Not as weird as MoMA. Yeah. They're, just stick to grandma and grandpa, please. In in this <laughs> in this house. <laughs> Yo, that's what you can paint over your sign to say, oh Colin. In this house, we say grandma and grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got... They, they've been having all these wedding shower type stuff, and people are buying them all this corny stuff for their house, and... The, what is, do you remember what the sign actually says? Uh, it, they have one of those like corny uh, signs with like, like cursive writing. Uh, that... Together oh, yeah. is the best place to be or our Some favorite place like to be or something. <laughs> no, I actually think I want to do that. Do Live, laugh, grandma and grandpa. <laughs> Incredible. In this house, we say grandma and grandpa, damn it. <laughs> There's a war on the grandma and grandpa names. Yeah. There is. I mean, I, I guess I don't know why this became a thing. Because <laughs> it has been a thing, especially in the last couple of years. Everybody's having all these weird... My ex had a niece that called her grandma, nah. That's... Just nah. What? What is that? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but I think it was because there was so many grandparents around that they just want to have a different name from each other. But I don't know. Anyway, it's all dumb. Yep. <laughs> and the joke is dusty. <laughs> Uh. Okay, so post baby shower in the film, we're back to the film now. Um, <laughs> Patty realizes her and Ed, and we're just using their actor names once again, my trademark, have become friends now, and uh, it's made the surrogacy aspect of their relationship weird. They've crossed a boundary, basically. She doesn't know how to feel about that, I guess. And because of that weirdness and knowing that they can't really stay friends after baby, she decides to unfriend his ass and bails. <laughs> not bails, really, but they become not friends like how they were. Yeah. Her coworker says, just because you're not together together doesn't mean you haven't <gasps> created a bond. Okay, titular line. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did say it. I didn't catch that. <laughs> Got him. So I do think one of the cool things that I did like about this movie is that Patty and Ed's characters, like, they never are romantic. And you, I talked about this all the time, but 99.9% of the time that there is a man and a woman in a film, there's going to be, like, sexual tension. They're going to fuck. Like, there's going to be... I know. There's always, like, some kind of romantic tension and there just wasn't here. It was just all about a friendship. And I loved that about this. Yeah, um, totally. I think, like, you know, when movies are, like, um, I'm sorry. I'm, like, way far away from the mic. I was sorry like, you about sound that. a little farther um, away now. <laughs> I, I was, like, leaning back, taking <laughs> in the convo. <laughs> Colin um, does that all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I think, like, those depictions of, like, non-platonic love between people uh, of different genders in, in film is like one of those things that's sort of inherently a, a teaching position where you like, uh, I don't know. I feel like there is sort of like it's there's such a lack of it that I feel like people should feel 
very empowered to approach it. And because we get so much of our personalities from media, yeah. like this is what people are seeing as normal. This is what, th- this is the way stories about other people are given to them. Obviously, I don't want to, I mean, this is not movie class, <laughs> but like, um, I don't know. I derive so much of my identity from the media I consume totally. just yeah, inherently. Yeah. And like, when you when you don't have that, when you're just like, well, I'm a boy and I have to like girl who is around me. And yeah. Yeah. it's just, it, it doesn't, if, yeah. If I'm boy and there is girl, there has to be romance. There simply cannot not be because I've seen film. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> yeah, and because of film, uh, in practice, I become entitled to such a thing. And, right. you know, I, I, I feel I, I have, you know, I'm owed it or whatever, you know, Uh-oh. that kind of. Then we get a new like, set of problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, when I say I, I'm speaking about like this uh, straw man that I'm using. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it does like. Frank's I not think, an incel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does like build a, a male ent- entitlement to a non-male, like femme specific uh, body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, it just, like, in general, puts pressure on every relationship, a platonic or, well, I guess every platonic relationship, I guess is what I want to say, or every time you meet a stranger, even, just, like, that there's always people are doing this weird pressure thing, or other people egg stuff on, too, or constantly, like, if you are in an opposite gender friendship, people constantly will be like, Oh, what are you guys dating? Oh, yeah. what do you yeah. love? Like, yeah. whatever. Totally. And that sucks. Yeah. I have a friend from high school. One time um, we were, like, out with some people we didn't really know. And they were like, oh, you guys are you guys are best friends? And we are like, yep. And they were like, well, have you kissed? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, did you hear the first part? Like... <laughs> And they just, they kept going. And I mean, like, this happens from time to time, but it was so intense. And I was just like, kid, stop. Yeah. No, it sucks. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've historically had a lot of close friendships with men. And yeah, I just have gotten that shit all the time. Or being in, even just like being in male dominated spaces, like I worked in music industry for a long time, which is mm-hmm. historically male dominated. And there's always just like, People create weirdness about it, and it doesn't have to be weird. And uh, if there were more uh, opposite gender platonic relationship representation mm-hmm. <laughs> in movies, then it wouldn't have to be such a thing, I think. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. We hate the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate it! <laughs> Frank screaming again. <laughs> I just I have this I have this this space where I can just do whatever I want. So we love I, to get I, a I holler on the pod. <laughs> love to get a holler on the pod. <laughs> All right, I'm that's the last one, except for the next thing I fucking hate. Hell yeah, um, Kali, did you have thoughts? That was just a me and Frank combo for about thirty minutes. <laughs> no, I, I love platonic. Sh- I love platonic shit, baby. I, I absolutely love platonic representation. <laughs> Me and Kali historically have a friendship as well that is opposite gender. Nobody's ever been weird about it, though. Yeah, At baby. least not to my knowledge. No, so people like... Uh, but we're clearly like yeah, twin brothers. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. It passes. Okay, so just on their relationship, the director had notes. She said she thinks that as human beings, 
we often operate with a fear of loss, Mm -hmm. even if there isn't a hard out for when you're going to stop seeing each other, and that the finite nature of a relationship doesn't dictate or doesn't have to dictate how that relationship will affect you as a person, and it doesn't need to be less important if there is an endpoint. Yeah. And uh, that was true and real, and I think that was a good, cool perspective to write from. Yeah. Like, that's really what, what I, I think kind of I struggle with. I like all the pieces of this movie. Uh, yeah. I think I've said that about other movies before, but I really like, like, I can see this director working really, working well and seeing, you know, bits and pieces of things I like. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, I enjoy Patty Harrison. I do like Ed Helms. But there were things about this movie that you like, but ultimately, altogether, you don't love the, uh, the whole experience. Yeah. 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 I think... We'll get to it, but I think ultimately I might agree. Yeah. But yeah, we're close to the end at this point, or we're at least two thirds. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there was like a couple more dusty jokes in here. There was, well, I liked the joke about um, when Patty's coworker says to her, like, I'm really worried that you're making a a little straight white guy in there in your tummy. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's immediately followed by like, oh, I'll white guy podcaster joke which is i think a little dusty it is dusty. yeah even though like, and... yes it's true ding ding whatever Kali <laughs> <laughs> claims white you you have a little bit of uh what is it filipino i i do not claim being filipino that would be such well, an ing- you're whitewashing your history <laughs> i know but like i am however many it's my your grandpa my grandpa was half filipino yeah so you've still got a sprinkle yeah claim. i i don't um i don't my grandpa famously did not claim it a lot yeah uh for like i don't want to get your grandpa whitewashing his history he did it for like survival tactics because my grandpa came sure. up in the streets mm-hmm. of chicago in like the 20s and 30s and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there was a bunch of racism towards filipinos and it was easier to try and pass as white so very weird Plus a very famously non-emotional man. I don't have to talk about my grandpa anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just say I'm I just history. say I'm white because it's <laughs> yeah I'm white. Uh, that's I get all the benefits of being You're white, white passing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That God, I'm Italian, and the the like discussion among Italian Americans about whether or not we're white is. Bonkers. I love that shit. Kali, just... <laughs> are you also Italian? Oh yeah, my grandpa. I mean, my grandpa is half Italian, half Filipino. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's not the content; it was the delivery. Just so we're clear. yeah, yeah. That's a that's all right. Kali claims the Italian identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of grease balls, baby. I mean, if white people are mayonnaise, let's just call ourselves aioli. Hey. <laughs> Kali, what was the car we saw the other day? Did it have like the Italian flag, a YouTube sticker? <laughs> what else was on it? Do you remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> like a, somebody the... dunking a basketball or something. I just remember <laughs> like the, Michael Jordan the YouTube sticker. That's just gonna. It was a, a large uh... YouTube sticker. Mamma mia. <laughs> um, anyway, we can get away from this again. Another dusty joke: the Woody Allen content. Which they go through at some point. I don't know where that is in the movie, but um, yeah, there was some was conversation a, yeah. about Patty being too young to date Ed or whatever, and then they relate that into Woody Allen content and just all the 
the jokes about it were dusty, I think. And, and just sort of, it felt a big old shoehorn. Like, I just, it oh, felt yes. like, like all right. super, like, where did this, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't even fit the characters yeah. to me. Like, yeah. It felt like an SNL joke. Just some, yeah. kind of like a throwaway line they have in an episode. A couple years too late of something that everyone's been saying yeah. for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not adding anything new to the conversation or even, like, making it funny. In my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, that HBO documentary just came out. And it felt like they were literally playing to that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's out. We're all thinking about Woody, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it was just, it was really dusty to be making jokes about, like, Woody Allen dating a teenager in a movie that came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. Making the joke in 2021. We've just, we've heard it. We've heard worse, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, mildly dusty, although maybe accurate to the character. They watch Friends together. <laughs> That's, like, the main thing they do as friends. <laughs> I guess like normal normie people like are probably watching friends but oh, all the time they definitely are yeah. they yeah. definitely every are every day hours and hours I mean they they just had some sort of like <laughs> the reunion, reunion or something <laughs> but yeah I, I I found it kind of funny I was hoping they would like when after they Ed Helms was like freaking out about friends I was like shouldn't he be freaking out about Parks and Recreation, like something yeah. opposite. There was just like this sense of like, but you were in the office, you little sitcom watcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess I did like how they end it, like when they finish watching Friends and they're like crying, like that was stupid. This show's the dumbest <laughs> show. I like that was kind of funny, I think, but uh, I don't know. So yeah, they had been un unfriends for a minute they go to like doctor's appointments birthing class as non-friends this also this birthing class i just thought about this when we were watching the trailer was like this has become a thing that i'm seeing a lot now of like either an exercise class or like a yoga class or birthing class whatever some kind of class with like a female instructor who's like rude or like acts like why don't you know what you're doing type thing I don't know why that's a thing now, but I'm seeing that everywhere all of a sudden, and they did it in this movie, too. Yeah, they did that. That, that happens in a couple episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, and it's the same, just kind of like that dynamic. That's in Curb Your Enthusiasm a ton. That's every, like, interaction Larry David has is just like, uh, 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 I'm miscommunicating because I don't quite understand what's going on here. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, you know what you're doing and I don't, and I'm holding it up. I just watched that show special just came out with a new season. They also did that one time. I don't know. I just feel like I'm seeing that a lot. And like all these people are here for the same class. Presumably they've come at the same time, right? Like wouldn't they all not know what was going on? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's also just a rude position to take as an instructor. (laughs) (laughs) And I just I'm just seeing it a lot. I don't know what's going on there. But I got to be honest. I got a couple yucks. But I definitely like agree. It is a weird trope that is that is coming out. I do yeah. love. Uh, oh, what is? How'd you pronounce her name? Anna. Anna Conkle. That just yeah. said, I thought it was something different. Okay. Yes, Anna Conkle from the show mm-hmm. that I love that I can't think of the name of. Pen fifteen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Delightful. That was very. So beautiful. This show is beautiful. Yeah, that show rocks, and yeah, she rocks. I liked her in this and everything, but uh, 
yeah, just the the rude instructor trope. I'm like not that into, but yeah, I was I happy to see her either way. So, yeah, I, I agree. So they do all this stuff as non friends, uh, and it's all awkward until Patty goes into pre labor. And the doctor says she can't be on her feet. And therefore, because the only person she's ever known on Earth is Ed Helms, um, <laughs> she has to live with him and let him like take care of her all day. So <laughs> they have to become friends again because she has never spoken to another person. Um, <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> yeah. I love this perspective. I did not think of it this way. I like, I've, yeah, this is, yeah. it's weird and like i mean even if she did want to like become friends with him again or whatever it's still like i mean it's a lot to like live with another person that like you're trying to have boundaries from they even like sleep in the same bed i don't know it's a lot yeah i was feeling weird like just the the major like reinforcement of like paternalistic sort of relationship i mean like i Obviously, it's paternalistic because it's a baby involved. But like, I, yeah, I, it did, it did feel, in, especially in hindsight, after hearing your thoughts on it, I, I definitely agree. It did feel a little, uh, just kind of uncomfortable, actually. Yeah. 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 It was strange. They do say "I love you" in the bed <laughs> when they are sleeping in bed next to each other. Just they wasn't do a fan. say "I love you," but uh, quote. In a normal way and not a gross way. I, and then they hold hands. That's <laughs> a, a little movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> Later, they hold hands again and eat candy. So, Colin, you hated the love. I, Colin was, famously was, loves love. I love you love. Hated I was love just, uh, I don't know. This didn't, it just felt, uh, I felt I'd seen this before. Not the, the, the platonic thing, but like. This music, this setting, this the yeah, same yeah. feeling. I'm, I've had this before, and it's not something that I particularly loved. I just, yeah. it, it just, it just is. It just kind of washed over me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess after that, the next thing that happens really is like the birth, the labor, and the birth. I did think this was another thing I thought was cool about this movie was all the like birthing representation. I feel like they really showed a complete picture of like the birthing process, including like the nasty stuff that people don't really talk about. I think I just like I know a lot of people who have been pregnant and and had kids who are always saying they don't really see the difficulty really represented or or yeah, like there's things they never heard of, like that they do mention in this, like the bloody show or the mucus plug or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um and they really showed the whole picture in this, and I just thought that was cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. Show how gross that shit is. Yeah. Just show the full experience, the authentic experience. Yeah. It's an experience that a lot of people have. Birth scene was my favorite scene in the whole movie, actually. Yeah, like the good. actual birth. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. The, oh, I When it ended, me and uh, Lucianne were watching it, and I, I just went, that ending! <laughs> <laughs> Had to scream on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking likes it. Hell yeah. I, for a second, was mad at the ending. Well, I just was like, okay, so let's build up to it first. Um, Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, like, labor to birth is, like, a very long time. So it's, like, building and building and building. Ed's right there with her the whole time, holding her hand. She's struggling, you know, 
how delivery is, blah, blah, blah. But once the baby comes out, the camera, I love that the camera stayed with Patty and just kind of showed what was going on with her. She's crying. She's, you know, having a lot of emotions because as soon as the baby comes out, Ed leaves her side and uh, off screen we hear him meet the baby. She's just crying. And that was like both literal and symbolic, right? Because uh, it's also like he's going to be, you know, leaving their friendship or whatever. It's the the signifier of the end of their friendship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was super emotional. You just know like how much is going on with her at that moment. Um, Not only with the friendship thing, but also like delivery is really hard, but also like giving up a baby is probably super hard. Yeah. And now she's going to have to move to Vermont. I mean, we all know moving sucks. <laughs> but, um, Vermont seems tight, though. Vermont's like a, like, what's going on in Vermont, you know? I don't know. It's just kind of like a whatever place, probably. What you, yeah. What do you need to, they got mountains. What do you need to go on? This coming from Kali, who just talked half an hour of shit on Connecticut, like, last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connecticut can fucking eat my toe jam, but, like... Vermont gets my love, baby. I feel like they're about the same when I think about them. But yeah, so like, yeah, it's just on Patty's face and then we roll creds. I never get emotional during a birth scene. I don't care if babies come into this world. I think they probably shouldn't, uh, quite frankly. But mm-hmm. but this was emotional to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As the, salty, the salty boys came a-bubbling out. Yeah. I was having salty boys. Kali, how about you? I was not. But no salty boys. No salty boys. But I, it was it was an incredibly well done ending. I really appreciated the ending, though. I did. Yeah, it just felt kind of abrupt to me at first. But when I sat on it for a while, I was like, no, it actually was perfect, I think. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, like, what could have come after that that would make me feel any better? Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how it should have ended. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I thought it was, I, I thought it was particularly bold. I certainly didn't expect it to happen. And, like, it just... Not having the resolution is the reality of their situation. You know, like, not having Mm -hmm. some sort of button is, is like, the reality of of what is happening to their relationship. And I I, I just love that. I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just... It was perfect. You said it. Yeah. Great ending. Yeah. The ending, probably the boldest choice they made in the whole movie. (laughs) But, yeah, it was really good. Um, Okay, so we've rolled creds, so... Do we have any other thoughts, or should we go right into ratings? Do we miss anything? I got nothing. I like it a little less, and I also like it a little more. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's the best feeling. <laughs> I love when things are complicated. <laughs> so let's go into rating then. So what are we going to rate this out of five? Um, after watching it on my Letterboxd account, I hit that uh, that four. Okay. After talking about it with y'all, I'm I'm a... I'm going to go for 3.5 for effort. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Kali, what do you think? Uh, this just gets two stars out of me. That I, I don't want to. I just don't want to badmouth this film because I. <laughs> that's it. I, I, I just don't want to say anything negative because they're really. It, it's just all like uh, su- th- subjective things. I think here's what. I, my mom would enjoy this movie a lot. <laughs> I think a lot of normal people would enjoy it. And I think mm. a lot. And I'm, I'm not trying to call. You out, Frank, and be like, oh, Frank's fucking normal. Frank liked the movie. No, like, <laughs> I I think it's fine. I think it just didn't resonate with me. That's all. That's okay. fine. Yeah. I think I'm going to go a solid three. I agree. It was like 
a fine film. Uh, yeah. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't like out of this world, but it was fine. I, I did enjoy my viewing experience, but yeah, as we kind of talked about, like the more I've ruminated on it, the more I've learned about certain things, the more I've, I watched three generations, the movie, um, I just kind of liked it a, a little less. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. yeah I think, you know, it also, for me, I think comes in a, a place in my life where, like, I haven't watched anything that I could call heartwarming in quite a while. Yeah. So I think on a personal level, Probably like, same. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it felt like comforting to watch such a normie movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was the last thing I, the last thing I watched was Persona, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Frank's like me watching freak shit all the time. I love Birdman. <laughs> freak shit that like breaks your brain. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. at least in my case, leaves you incredibly depressed. <laughs> uh, all, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have generally similar tastes in movies. So <laughs> I think, I think I, I think so too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Watching something that's a normal, like <laughs> narrative A to B story about, something ultimately positive and heartwarming yeah is a is a great reprieve Mm -hmm. i do think also just something i thought of that i didn't really talk about that much i think the uh the chemistry and the relationship between patty and ed does make such a journey from the beginning of the movie to the end Um, absolutely yeah i think you really do feel like their relationship growing them growing more comfortable with each other them growing closer to each other I did think that that was really palpable and well done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That was just something I thought of that I didn't say. All right. So we're middle of the road, ultimately. What was it? Mm-hmm. Two? Did you say two or two and a half? I just Golly. said two. We got a two, a three, and a three and a half? Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for Screen Vomit. In this part of the show, we just talk about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. So, Kali, what you been watching? So, in my number one spot, we got Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, my gosh. Y'all seen this? Y'all heard about this? I tell you what, this movie's a fucking... (laughs) You just gotta see it. Like, if you have not seen... If you haven't seen Freddy Got Fingered... Y'all heard of this? Y'all seen this? Y'all heard about this? It's an experience, yeah. 2001. Uh, I have not. I, about once a day, I'll just think of the backwards man to myself, and I'm just like, yeah, that's good. That's a good bet. Oh I goodness. loved it. Okay. But it also was like, ah, shit, that's really bad. Like, talk about problematic stuff, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, to- Tom Green. Uh, what a. <laughs> What's he yeah. up to? He's he's just doing stand up. I think he's doing all right. Nice. He's probably oh, got yeah. a podcast. Probably got a podcast. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, definitely got to see Freddy Got Fingered if you hadn't. Okay. Um, I saw The Lure from 2015. Uh, real weird, <laughs> fucked up stuff. This would be up y'all's alley. It's yeah. about two mermaids who end up fronting the band in a nightclub, but also have oh, like. Yeah. An insatiable thirst to kill. Yeah. The lure. It it rocks. I watched Do the Right Thing. Okay. And I tell you what, that fucking, that rocks. 
you haven't seen Do the Right Thing, absolutely check it out. I don't think any, I have anything to say on it that hasn't already been said. Um, I was just talking about that movie last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's outstanding. And then finally, last night, real late, I watched John. I wanted to see John Carpenter's least popular movie. It's not even a movie proper. It's an episode of a show called Masters of Horror. Uh, but that's a little 55 minute. Anyway, this one is called Pro Life. All right. Stick with me. It's uh, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Super the Christian, content that Kali's supporting. <laughs> super Christian girl goes to abortion clinic because she has been uh, impregnated by a demon, and then her father shows up, played by Ron Perlman, who's like a abortion doctor terrorist type, and ends up sieging this abortion clinic. And there's also demons and stuff, and it rocks. I loved it. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. It was great. I tell you what. That's that's it. That's my dumb shit. That's it. Yep. All right. Um, Frank, what you been watching? I I went back and to see my my reviews on on recent stuff. Um, Kayla, I think I mentioned this this one to you. Uh, It's a Japanese movie called Why Don't You Play in Hell? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Love this movie. Yeah. Did y'all do this one on the on no, the pod? We haven't. No. I talked about it on a different podcast briefly. Gotcha. But no. But I've watched it a few times. I think it's a perfect movie. It is absolutely a perfect movie. Yeah. I I had my just just a, the biggest smile on my face after watching from T this to B. One. If there was more than five stars, like that would get it. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven out of ten. Yeah. Do it. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, it's it's just it's so beautiful and such a perfect satire, perfect it, oh, I love And it's it. got a little bit of everything, like every genre possible. Um, oh yeah. The jokes are incredible. There's like a meta aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything about it fucking rocks. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so it's so It's so creative. So good. Yeah, I love it. So, have y'all ever seen uh, this short called Unedited Footage of a Bear? No. There's this dude uh, some, something Resnick. Uh, I, I wish I could remember. I feel bad about it. Um, but he's like a Baltimore-based filmmaker and has done some, a lot of, most... Alan like, Resnick. Alan Resnick. Yes, thank you. Oh, um, Alan Resnick. And he's done a lot of stuff for Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this one was produced by Adult Swim. I think it's only like 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I've always loved it. I watched it a few times a year. It came out in the earlier days of YouTube uh, and premiered on YouTube. And the whole piece starts as a YouTube ad that you're actually able to skip and then becomes the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's really, really wild. It's super weird shit. It's like not a not an entirely clear narrative at all. Hell yeah. Um, but I, I absolutely adore it. It's just one of my one of my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? I watched that again recently. Uh, I also watched recently this this one from 2000, uh, which is probably my favorite movie, um, The American Astronaut. I don't know if you all have seen that. No. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I think I saw your rating of it on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I rated it. This is my favorite yeah. movie. <laughs> so like I've heard of it, I guess, in that way. Oh, it's yeah. it's so fantastically weird and queer and and just nuts. It's so 
wacky. It is an outer space western musical. Okay. <laughs> and like this dystopian spaghetti western musical noir. It's wild. Hell yeah. It's by this dude, this like multimedia artist called Corey McAbby. He's just a super specific, super unique voice, and I can't recommend it enough. It's one of my favorite ones ever. Hell yeah. I watched Paddleton recently, which was. I'll never watch it again. I loved it, and I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> it broke me. I was broken after watching Pelton. Yeah, it I was, don't know about this was, movie. I don't know what. Oh, it, is. it was in. It's so intense. I won't give you anything about it. It's okay. really intense and beautiful, and and it hurts. And Ray Romano's in it. <laughs> I like Ray Romano. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Duplass Brothers. It's really, okay. Really, yeah. Really lovely, lovely movie. Number five, I would say. Uh, you know what I watched uh, watch? a couple days ago? I watched a an ad for oh. uh, the Kenzo Designer brand <laughs> directed by... Um, oh, you watched uh, the short that I posted. Oh, did you post that? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one with... Directed um, by the guy who directed Florida Project? No, the Spike Jones one. Oh. Uh, from, from like 2015 mm-hmm. with... Uh, what was it? Margaret, Margaret Qualley. Qualley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's... I just... I, I think it's great. I, I'm I'm like a sucker for Spike Jones just in general. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's that's my that's my list. I just watched a um yeah, one by the guy who did the Florida project that was also a Kenzo thing. Sean Baker is the director's name. Uh the short's called Snowbird, but it's like Kenzo presents Snowbird. Um and yeah, just directed by that guy. So uh weird that we both watched Kenzo <laughs> like Ad slash short films this week. <laughs> yeah, separate ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, what did I watch this week? I watched some cool stuff. Okay, I watched Buffalo 66, which is a uh, Vincent Gallo movie. Also has Christina Ricci in it. I forget what year it's from. Maybe 90s or early 2000s. I can't remember. Really good. Have either of y'all seen that? Mm-mm. No. It's like, um, so Vincent Gallo directs it and also stars in it. And he plays like this guy who's just gotten out of jail and kidnaps Christina Ricci to force her to pretend to be his girlfriend. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, but it ends in a different than you would expect. And it's not like traumatic or violent. Like it kind of sounds like it is. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really, really good movie. Hell yeah. Um, Buffalo 66. Okay. I watched this movie System Crasher which is a German film about um, like a little girl who's in like a group home situation and she's just like, she's kind of too much for the system. Like she has outbursts and like people just can't deal with her kind of thing. And it is of the ilk of the devastatingly (laughs) like emotional, devastating films. Yeah, it was just really sad and like heartbreaking to just see this girl be tossed around through the system and not really have a place to go and desperately want somebody to take care of her but it was really good and it's on netflix (laughs) uh system crasher okay i watched this movie playground which is a polish film okay going a little everywhere this week this one also devastating but like this one's devastating in a violent way (laughs) and after watching it learned that it's based on real events which made it even worse (laughs) that's uh, yeah it's always tricky yeah, because I mean, it was, I mean, I watch a fair amount of violent stuff, I guess, not a ton, but like, most of the time, violence in movies, you're just kind of like, whatever, it's a movie, it's 
whatever but every now and again like one will get through the cracks where you're like okay this is actually like fucked up and uh this one was like actually fucked up but it was really really well done i will say if anybody looks it up the synopsis synopses whatever that you can find online about it are not what the movie is about they're very misleading and i think it has like a little bit of a lower score on letterboxd i think it's mostly because of that because what you go in expecting if you read that is not actually what the movie's about that does happen but it's not what the movie's about so uh anyway it was really good and it's really well done and i watched a short film after that that that's based on the same story that was bad and this one was good so (laughs) if you're a real freak and you're like into true crime or something also look up the real story because it's fucking demented yeah crazy don't look it up if you are sensitive like me because i will think about it for the rest of my life um okay and then i also watched uh move sang the leos Carax film we talked about in our episode on holy motors oh i haven't heard of this one you'll love it frank i think you'll really love it yeah i generally like leos Carax. it's from 1986 it has juliette binoche it also has dennis levant in it who was also in holy motors kali i don't know if you would fully like the movie but Dennis Levant does have some uh, nudity. You definitely see the pipe in this one, not blurred Uh, out. And he's got a really good bod in the movie. It's insane. His body's just crazy uh, insane. uh, (laughs) I'll probably steer steer clear. Not a a big fan of Holy Motors. I think... (laughs) You see pipe. Um, I think... um, Because when we did our Holy Motors episode, we talked about how Leos Carax was was slash is whatever a kind of he has some notoriety as a director like he's got a little bit of a name but that was our first film and we didn't really know what to expect i think watching move sang i get why he has notoriety yeah like why he has a good name because i think the movie was just beautiful and really cool and really well done i do wish they explored the actual like topic a little more because it's the thing is like there's an STD going around that if you have sex and you're not in love, like both people aren't in love with each other, you like get this STD. Yeah. They only kind of briefly touch on that really. Uh, but I think it's such a cool premise. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Julia Binoche, absolute king in the film. She's oh, yeah. incredible mm-hmm. as to be expected. Anyway, it was cool. There was also a guy with hiccups in it. <laughs> that I hate that. only the second time i've ever seen somebody with hiccups in a movie and the other movie that i've seen somebody have hiccups in came out the same year which was uh down by law jim jarmish yeah oh that's one of my favorite movies actually it's a great movie it's great outstanding Um, movie okay i have two more things okay so i also watched tokyo which is a oh yeah have you seen tokyo go yes go on i'm sorry no it's okay it's cool it's a great it's a surrealist anthology film with segments from leos Carax. it's got a segment from bong joon ho and it's got a segment from uh michelle gondry all three segments take place in tokyo but uh none of the directors are japanese there's two french guys and a korean so their stories are really cool the first appearance of the uh leprechaun character that's in Holy Motors is in the film Tokyo, um, and his segment's really cool. I really loved that movie. So yeah, that was really good. What did you think, Frank? Did you love it? Oh man, uh, that one was actually kind of formative for me. Yeah, um, yeah. That so that came out like just as I was sort of discovering movies, like you know, as as like something that I really loved, like capital F film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah definitely, that's a better way to put that. <laughs> um, 
so I watched it when it came out a lot, like obsessively. Yeah. And I watched it again a few years ago, and I really loved the Michel Gondry. Th- I'm a sucker for Michel Gondry. Mm-hmm. I love the Michel Gondry one, but then the Leo's Cracks one and the Jung Boo Ho one, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, this one's kind of like abrasive, and this one is maybe sexist a little bit. And then I watched it again this past, during during the uh, the pandemic, and I was like, Nah, this is great. <laughs> this, is, this is all very beautiful stuff. Yeah. Like, saying saying quite a bit. And I think, so Tokyo is like, I'm obsessed with the city of Tokyo. Yeah. And to think that Leo's Karak's piece in that was filmed in that city it is unthinkable to me. So I, it's it's just also, like, impressive what they were able to capture in a city as just buck wild as Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. All three segments I thought were really, really unique and creative, and that's ultimately uh, what I respect most about a film. So I, yeah, I just loved it. Tokyo, check it out. All right, I have one last thing, just real quick. You kind of made me think of it with your, um, what did you say, Adult Swim segment thing. Anyway, it's called Cool Dad. You can find this on HBO Max under the... um, infomercials the adult swim infomercials thing i wasn't going to mention it because it's almost just kind of like a video it's not even like what it is is like a culmination of trailers for a movie a movie that doesn't exist obviously jerry o'connell stars in it oh jerry this is also written and directed by two filmmakers i've brought up a whole bunch on this podcast um alex kovitsky and Ariel Gardner, um, their stuff is just so funny. I was just laughing and laughing and laughing. It's just real funny. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's like, I think it's like 10 minutes, but it's all just like multiple trailers for this movie. Uh, I, you can't really explain it. <laughs> um, you can't really explain it with any real explanation. Uh, it's just real funny. Look it up. Cool Dad on HBO Max. Okay, that's all the things I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw just one shout out to something I saw recently? Yes. So I was really apprehensive about this one, and it took a lot of people telling me to watch it because it looked like something I did not want to see. Okay, interested? Uh, what is it? This show starring this rapper that got famous on YouTube, um, Lil Dicky. It's called yeah. Dave. Yeah. Have you heard of this? Yeah, this um, show. I think I've heard of it. I haven't watched it or anything. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, it's like, looking it up, I've definitely seen this poster. Yeah. It's ostensibly about, like, the career of this white privileged rapper, and it, it doesn't immediately reveal it to yourself for what it is, which is, like, some really incredible stories and, and pictures of of the stories of black men, which is depicted in a way that, like, was so refreshing and so beautiful. Um, I think, you know, like, this white rapper is very much, like, a selling point you know, like we were talking about how Ed Helms is like yeah. the selling point. It reels to, people in to give them an actual story. Yeah, yeah. to give, yeah, it, it's really, um, I was blown away by it. I shout out to Ashley Ray's newsletter at TV, I say, because mm-hmm. I got it from that, from a, she posted, uh, let me be the black woman to tell you to watch Dave. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dave, check it out. I think that's on Hulu. Frank, do you got stuff to plug? Where can people find you, etc.? Uh, right now, you can check me out on the gram at Frank O.K., uh, F-R-A-N-K-O-K-A-Y. Um, no spaces in that shit. Um, 
You can hit me up on my Venmo. And, <laughs> um, Drop yeah, it. Uh, you never yeah. know. <laughs> okay, uh, it's at Frank OK with a dash. Couldn't get the couldn't get dash the dash in one. the middle. Dash in the middle. Okay. Frank OK with a dash uh, after the K before the O. I am intermittently sort of re- releasing music throughout this year, so you can uh, check that out on Bandcamp or Spotify, um, preferably Bandcamp. Um, that's also just under your name, right? Yep, that's just under Frank OK. Check, you know, follow me on Instagram. I've got a lot of bigger uh, projects coming up, multimedia art projects and and stuff like that. So I'm around. Check check it out if you if you're feeling frisky. Hell yeah! And a TVT yeah. throwback plug, but Truman and his trophy also now on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, that's another. That's a different podcast, but uh, <laughs> it was it was something. It was a blast. I just yeah. What? Just my <laughs> just my old oldest band that's still kind of a band and uh we're all good friends and we all shot dice the other day and that was great. Aw. And yeah, nice. we've had all of the band on at this point. <laughs> oh shit, I didn't know Ryan was on. We just had Ryan on, so like really recently. Oh, awesome. Maybe like two episodes ago or something. And yeah, he so was he that. was the final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> Truman and his trophy, also how we met, I think. Because, Definitely, yeah. yeah, I had some hand in booking y'all at the ES Jungle in Indy. When would mm-hmm. that have been? 2009? <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> ar- like probably around then. Yeah. Oh, what a blast. Yeah. Y'all were great mm-hmm. back then and now. <laughs> uh, or at least as now as I've seen y'all play, which is a handful of years ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm miss- I, the, the muscle memory has left. I don't remember these songs Oh, anymore, I bet it so. would come right back to you, though. <laughs> You're honestly, you're probably right. For yeah. how long y'all played together? Come on, <laughs> it's a beautiful oh. thing. All right, yeah, that is beautiful. No, no other plugs. You have frankok.com. That's yeah. been under construction mm. for about a decade. Frankok.com/shop. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can get some. You can get some dubious posters at frankok.com/shop, <laughs> or uh, some uh, some some t-shirts and uh, some. Uh, intellectual property owned by Cartoon Network, and uh, <laughs> that got me kicked off a couple of websites. Fortunately, they haven't found mine. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> deconstructed intellectual property. Yeah, I I, I feel like it it, sh- it it should be allowed. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can get some get some stuff there, and hopefully once. You know, I don't, I hate saying when normal things happen because it's just a weird thing to say right now. But when things become a little more like we recognize uh, and music venues open back up, um, I'll be, I'll be around. So look Hell for that. yeah. We love to rock. All right. For <laughs> our plugs, you can find us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Uh, subscribe on your podcast app if you haven't already we're on all of them give us a rating and review we've gotten a few new ratings so that's very nice thank you so much Um, you can send us an email or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or ask questions suggest a movie whatever we like movies Did I say the email? Screenbombatpod at gmail.com. There you go. I still got a podcast up if uh, you want to hear me talk about labor and unions and jobs and stuff like that. It's called How to Fire Your Boss, Baby. It's up on everything. And as always, that is How to Fire Your Boss, Not the Boss Baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
And thank you. Uh, I don't know what we'll be watching next week yet. Sorry. So check up on Instagram. We'll always post it on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's all for us. Thanks, Frank, for joining us. Thank you so much. Frankie. I, I, I'm so oh, happy to, to you, invade you. your show. We love having you on, of course. <laughs> and happy Pride Month to everybody. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.